This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Right there, right there. up. This is the game. Yeah. It's a uh, cat and mouse. Smoked a turkey. <laughs> yes. He is down. He is freaking down. Said he shot an absolute giant. Fall Obsession, baby. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another Fall Obsession podcast episode. I am hosting once again this week. I am Sam Thrash with Fall Obsession. And I'm sitting in person across the table from my good buddy, our media production manager, Nick Powell. What's up, guys? Man, it is so nice to be in person. I, I love in-person podcasts, <laughs> man. It, it is... It, that's where it's at right there yeah so i agree i am hosting because nick doesn't want to host he thinks Pretty he's much. a terrible host so i have a brilliant idea okay. we're gonna put a poll on our instagram story following the release of this episode and you yeah. guys you guys let us know if you think nick is a good or a terrible host no in between it's either it's good either or terrible or the other. you got to pick one <laughs> and we take con- uh, criticism constructively so Absolutely. if you if the majority of the votes say that he's terrible i'll never then host there again. will be disciplinary action involved <laughs> i will never host again <laughs> so say i'm terrible so this podcast we're going to be talking about youth hunting um that's a topic that we've touched on bits and pieces from podcast to podcast but we've never really fully dove into the topic so we're going to dive into that. Nick and I are going to try to give you a breakdown on on some stuff youth hunting, why it's important, and reference some own experiences that we had way back when growing up with our with our dad's hunting. Um, but before we get into it, we have to give some credit to some other corporations sure. out there. So Nick, tell give us the give us the. I know we already came out with the episode, the rundown, but I'm still saying the rundown. Give us the rundown. <laughs> Keeping it going. <laughs> Well, man, we got to give a huge shout out to Elite Archery. Uh, the guys over there are excellent. They help us out so much, um, and they have some really great products over there. If you want to go check them out, uh, EliteArchery.com. We couldn't be more pleased with uh, 
everybody most of our guys are shooting elites i know sam you're shooting the new cure the new cure is where it's at man and we got a lot of content including our new series cure your obsession on our youtube and and our website so um, please go check out everything we got we got a lot more coming i know nick nick here and i we've been brainstorming in the weeks past on some videos and stuff that we want to produce at some point in the near future over a more in-depth uh topic on that setup and and how to get everything rocking and rolling on that cure so um yeah, definitely, definitely check that out, and we have a lot of content about the cure on our website, and obviously Elite does as well. So. Yeah, and I'm once this podcast is released, I'll have my hands on a new Ritual 33, which I am stoked because we are after this podcast, we're about to go set it yeah, up. Yeah, we so we are at a huge shout out to our friends over at Cinnamon Creek Archery in Roanoke, Texas, just north of Fort Worth. We are at Cinnamon Creek right now recording. Um, so we can't thank those guys enough for letting us, uh, letting us record out here at their facilities. Um, and Nick right here, we've already recorded one podcast today out here and this is the second one. Nick's over here. He's not even sitting down. He's standing up while we're recording this episode. He's pacing back and forth practically without pulling his ear, (laughs) his earphones off. I can't go too far because these earbuds will pop right on my ear. We at least got him tied down a little bit. Otherwise he'd be back there in the tech room trying (laughs) to figure this all out. So. He's definitely trying to trying to wrap this up as quickly as possible. So if this is a shorter episode or if this is uh, if you feel like you're rushing through this topic, blame it on Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I will take that blame proudly. Yeah, but in all seriousness, seriousness, go check out Elite Archery. Go check out Cinnamon Creek if yeah. you're in the North Texas area. Um, they got a lot of stuff going down going on down here. Um, so be sure even if even if this is in your home if you're passing through come come swing in and talk to Kyle and the guys down here at the bow shop. Yep, so. we trust them with our bows and we think you should trust them with your bows as well. There's not very many people that I trust with my bow. I'm That's I'm just true. I'm Sam just is anal that. about his bow. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> All right, so we're we're going to dive into youth hunting and the importance of taking a kid out there and getting them involved in hunting and the outdoors. I know, like I, like I mentioned, we're going to be kind of referencing our own experiences growing up because you and I both grew up hunting with our dads. Yep. And Shout out, Pops. Yeah, thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's something that, unfortunately, is not as common Mm-mm. anymore. And, and every generation, there's less and less kids going out there and hunting with their dad. It, it's so important, man. It's the future of hunting. Yeah. And and so I'll start by saying that even if you don't have a kid of your own, if you have the opportunity to either help with a charity or an organization or even with a friend, if you have a friend that doesn't hunt and a kid that's interested and they're willing to let them go out there and try it, then take advantage of it, man. Put some time in and, and, and try to try to bring that passion home yeah. for, for another generation of hunters. And even sure. if you can't, like, Put them on the biggest tom or put them on the biggest buck or whatever. Well, the biggest buck's for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, the biggest buck's for Wyatt, which is Sam's son. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, even if you can't get them a giant deer, man, just if you if they can shoot a doe or anything, it's just it's all about the experience and them having a good time. And I think that will keep them coming back. And you'll see the passion grow. He Absolutely. will because and and I'll tell a story when when I first went out there. So the first time my dad ever took me hunting, I was like six years old or something, and we went out with another gentleman from we didn't have a lease. Another gentleman from our church um, invited us to go out to his lease and let my dad shoot a doe, put some meat in the freezer. So we go out there. My dad actually shot two does that day. Um, the first one was middle of the afternoon. There were a bunch of does feeding in this in this field, 
And so my dad and him crept up on the edge of the field and he, he shot one. So they, it dropped right there. So they went out and, and got it and I'm tagging along, you know, I'm, my dad's trying to figure out, you know, does he like it? Does he not? And, mm-hmm. and I'm just out there like without care in the world. I'm like, okay, whatever, you know? Yeah. And so we go out there and I remember my dad and he likes to tell this story too. He, uh, he takes me out there to get the deer and they're like, all right, we're going to field dresser here kind of on the edge of this Creek. And, uh, He's like, son, you can just go wander, wander out there. So just wander around. You don't have to be around for, for this part. I'm like, okay. So I just go out there and I'm wandering around and I get bored. So I come slowly throughout as they're dressing this deer out, I am wandering back over there. And the next thing you know, my dad turns around, I'm standing over his shoulder (laughs) watching him field dress this deer. Like, Oh, is that the heart? Oh man, that's cool. You know? So it's, uh, Right then, my dad was kind of like, okay, I might have something here. I might have <laughs> yeah. a hunter on my hands, you yeah. know, that that's good. So, um, and then later that night, he shot another deer out of a, a box blind stand. Mm-hmm. And I remember, he, again, he tells this story. He loves this story. Um, he was sitting there, and apparently I fell asleep. And I was rubbing my head on the side of this wooden <laughs> blind, making all this noise, like this loud scratching noise just yeah. on the side of the stand. And my dad kept having to wake me up like, Hey, you're making all sorts of noise. <laughs> oh, sorry. And I go right back to sleep. <laughs> so and he ended up shooting another deer that night. But so that was my introduction to hunting. That's when I first went out there. And then the next season, uh, my dad actually, he bought me a rifle and actually let me go out there. I shot one doe that year, my first deer. Awesome. So, um, and at that point, man, I was, I was hooked. Heck so. Yeah. Yeah. I got a similar experience. My dad, he, he had a rule that if you shot it, you had to clean it. Oh, and okay. So, uh, I, did y'all like fully process the, the whole, so the whole thing? So no, we we're, we're yuppies. Oh, so are we. So are we. <laughs> now, so, so I have just recently gotten into, into processing cause mm-hmm. we, we, we always took it to a local processor there. And and I'd be I'd be lying if we I said we still don't because we use Cinnamon Creek because right, yeah. they're freaking awesome. We just awesome. used them last year. Yeah, last season. Cinnamon Creek is awesome. They do wild game processing here as well. So shout out to them mm-hmm. again. It's a rabbit trail. But my Montana antelope in 2018 was the first animal that I've actually processed from start to finish. And I can't I, I would say myself, but I can't even say myself because our marketing manager Drew, Drew Tordick helped me a lot with that. Yeah, but. Um, so I've, I've since learned a little bit more about processing myself, nice. but at, to answer, to answer your question <laughs> at the time, no, we did not we process ourselves. Yeah. Made a big loop right there, guys. So we're back. We're, we're back now. Um, but yeah, that was my dad's rule was like, if we, cause what we did was we, we gutted it right there in the field, uh-huh. uh, you know, let it bleed out and then we take it back. And if it was cold enough, we just hang it in a tree until it was time to go. Right. Um, recently the place that we hunt on has gotten a, a walk-in freezer so we hang oh, them nice. in there uh which is is really nice really convenient um but then we would just throw them in the back of the truck and then take them straight to the processor which was three hours away or something like that yeah but all that said <laughs> my dad's rule was if you shoot it you got it and so uh it was really neat to get to experience that it was sort of like a rite of passage right uh, in, in, a, in a way you know if i didn't want to he wasn't gonna never take me hunting again but uh it was it was it symbolized a rite of passage right <laughs> which was which was I, I loved it i thought it was really cool seeing all the insides 
which is it's weird to say, but uh, I think it's really interesting. But you savage, you. I know. I know. I'm a weird guy, but similar to you, we we are also yuppies. So we take ours to the. I, I say yuppies. Please don't ever call me a yuppie. <laughs> I I do not like that term, but that's the closest thing I have to give myself any kind of comparison to those guys out there who are who are kick butt and yeah. and process their own deer every single time. Shout out to you, to to those guys. Yeah. So. So another cool thing that we have is is and I know I'm plugging our own content again, but we have a lot on our website for youth hunting as well. And I think a really cool hunt to to reference and talk about that we have on video that's on our YouTube channel is um I think it's titled like Ohio Youth Hunt Spring Turkey or something like that. Correct. But it's uh our own field staffer Kurt Eckleberry took his buddy and his buddy's son out to try and get the kid his first turkey and they were successful it's a cool video to watch man and the kid is freaking pumped that he (laughs) that he killed his first turkey so i love videos like that i love seeing that that happen and the cool thing about being able to video now and document stuff like that for us being able to document it for our our staffers being able to document us being able to publish it Mm -hmm. it's awesome because now unlike when you and i we're kids hunting. Now those guys, those kids, as they grow up and one day with their own kids can be like, here, watch this video. This is my yes. first turkey. Yeah, you know? technology has come so far and they'll, they'll have that for the rest of their lives. The, the, the current generation of youth hunters, this is really the first generation with the exception of like some kids that have dads that had like hunting shows and stuff in the late 90s, early 2000s. Right, yeah and document their kids hunts but now everybody is filming their own hunts Mm -hmm. or trying to at some capacity so whether it's online or not so many kids now in this generation are going to have those videos to show their kids later on yeah that this is my first my first hunt my first kill you know and and, and i can't speak for myself again but i would imagine it would be so cool to be able to see your dad as a kid just same age as you oh yeah you know killing a killing a turkey or a deer or something yeah because you know? I'm, I'm sure just like our experiences our dads came up the same way you know with our grandpas taking them hunting right and so i'm sure they would they would have the same opinion of wanting to be able to to see that right <laughs> <laughs> sam was standing up so so we cut a little bit of it out guys but i (laughs) nick's over here standing up pacing back and forth because he's excited about his bow i just got tired of sitting because this is our second podcast to record so i stood up and we edited that out and now i'm trying to sit back down while i'm on (laughs) while we're recording i might throw a little segment of it back in there (laughs) i bet you will i bet you will so i'm gonna throw a jab and a little bit of humor into it Uh uh-oh we also have first-time hunters who are big kids yeah that's true (laughs) on our uh on our website and just because he's an awesome dude and i love him to death i'm gonna poke fun at you a little bit andrew meeks for that (laughs) turkey video that we just published a couple weeks ago on your uh on your first ever turkey kill congrats by the way congrats you're an adult but it's your first ever turkey kill there's nothing in the world wrong with that but I have never seen a reaction like the one <laughs> well, that you had. Never heard a reaction. <laughs> heard a reaction. I mean, I, you're you're literally behind the camera bawling. It sounds like you're bawling <laughs> your like eyes that. out. 
because you're so freaking excited. And not only that, but it's it's a cool shot. Oh man, the solid broadhead decap did the work on that one. And oh my gosh, that was a cool video to edit. It was a funny video to edit as well, which are are the best. Nick and I were we were we were together when I first showed you that Mm -hmm. video. We were working together that day um, at our regular job, our place of employment. Yeah, and we were on a break, and I showed you that video and i thought you were gonna freaking die man that was so funny i lost it you lost lost it 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 was so funny so the video is titled (laughs) turkey decapitated at five yards (laughs) so go find that video and watch it it will make your day oh yeah absolutely so i know i got that's a little sidetrack onto youth hunting but i had to give a shout out to andy because that video is so freaking cool yeah i agree Another cool hunt that I just thought of was when we were down in San Angelo, uh, uh, Nick Latham, another one of our administrators, was able to bring his son, Dawson. Mm -hmm. And it was so cool to see Dawson uh, get, you know, do the whole deal. You know, shoot his buck, recover it, uh, get back, and then process it. To see the whole process and then for them to get it on video, just like we were just talking about, is so cool that that was awesome and that is in our our flagship series fall possessed outdoors season four episode two you you can see dawson's kill shot on that but that man i love using that as an example for youth hunting because nick brought his son out there and nick put more time into getting dawson a deer than nick did himself for sure and nick enjoyed it he enjoyed seeing his son get excited have a passion for that and try and just be trying to you know work. Dawson was working for it Dawson yeah. wasn't yeah. just wasn't just tack following his dad and doing what he told him to do Dawson was trying to put some effort into it he's 12 years old and he it was it was awesome to see to see just the passion in just the few days that we were there just open up just yeah. you saw it in his eyes he loved it and then he, of course he would come back to camp and find he'd go up to every single person and tell oh, them man. stories you know? he was he was stoked and it was cool to hear his side of it too i i will second what nick latham said that one day he was on the podcast with us and that we gotta get dawson on this podcast at oh, some man. point that would be awesome the kid is not only it's not only super cool to watch him hunt and he's he's super fun but he is a riot yeah how he old is, is he 12 He's 12 years old, and when I was 12, I didn't sound near as smart as this kid does. Like, he sounds incredibly intelligent for his age. He's incredibly intelligent, and... Yeah, he's... Yeah. He, he's not that he's not intelligent. His, he is intelligent for his age. <laughs> <laughs> he's so open. Just yeah. He can sit down with you and have a conversation almost like... I mean, yes, he's 12 years old, but he's not afraid to talk to you. No, And that's what's all. awesome is you can have a full conversation with him. Yeah. He's got his own ideas Very for impressive his own business young man. and everything. So. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's been awesome to, to see just within our own staff, within everything that we have going on ourselves, our own group of guys, see the, the youth hunters coming to life, mm-hmm. see, see the, seeing our own guys getting involved with youth hunting. I, guys, it's, it's work. For an adult, it's work. I've had – Oh, absolutely. I've had – it's been years ago, but I had some, some younger kids who I kind of mentored for a couple of years in, in the hunting world and took them hunting, got them both their first deers. I almost said deers. I think I, you did say I, deers. No, I stopped. I think you did. I didn't. I almost We're said deers. play it back. All right. I'll play it back right now. Deers. 
No, I I did not. I did not say deers. I think you said deers. I did not say deers. We'll see. Another poll. <laughs> After the poll on whether Nick's a good host or not, we'll did have a poll. Did Sam say deers? See if I said deers. So, um, now I don't even remember what I was talking about. But... Uh, you were talking about how you mentored two kids and got okay. them their first yes. deer. Deer. <laughs> deer. I got them their first deer. I will emphasize that word from now on. <laughs> so it's work. It's a lot of work 100%. because it's time that there's always in the back of your mind, I could be hunting right now. I could be killing a deer <laughs> right now. And, but it's also so rewarding yeah. to actually see them get, have that passion to see them want to go out there and get it done. It's just, it, it, it's, it's awesome, man. I remember, I remember one of them, he just asked one day if we could go sit out on this ridge. He's like, can we go sit on the ridge and just see if anything's moving? And I was like, sure, why not? We go out there, and the first deer that walks out is a freaking stud. Really? And he smokes him. <laughs> That's it awesome. was incredible. I was more excited than he was. Mm -hmm. and, and I know I joked earlier about saving the big deer for me. I would have shot this deer in a heartbeat, no doubt, <laughs> but I was so excited for him, and yeah. that was his first deer, and it, it was just, it was awesome. Yeah. So seeing it, it it's, it's stressful, it's work, and it's not just work over one year, it's work over years, that is a plural word, years. True, you're right. It's work over years to kill a deer, <laughs> but, I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're doing good. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying to stay on track here. I just keep thinking about you playing that back. <laughs> I'm worried now. Whatever. What, did I, what did I really say? <laughs> but no, it, it, it's work going over a long period of time, and you will, you'll find quickly whether they have the passion or not, mm -hmm. but... If they do, I say put them to work. Be like, all right, you want to do this. We're going out here in the summertime in Texas. We're going to plant a food plot. You yeah, know? absolutely. We're, we're going to work. This, this is you. Once you find out if they have that passion, you have to you have to show them everything that's involved. Yeah, and show them that it's not just a October through December time span. You know, that's not all that this is. That's just going out there in those times. You're out there in the spring, the summer, and the fall, and the early fall, planning, filling feeders, checking cameras, whatever you do in your area, and whatever your legal restrictions allow you to do. You're you're out there putting the work in. If you're a public land hunter, you're doing a lot of scouting. A lot. And it's it's not always easy. It's hot. It's it's you get sweaty. You don't always see deer. And I say that as not a super experienced public land hunter myself, but. Right. Um, you guys get the picture. So I think that's a good segue to maybe explain some life lessons that one we've learned mm -hmm. in coming up with in hunting, and then you having experienced, you know, mentoring kids in in hunting. I think a few that I can just think of off the top of my head are work ethic, mm -hmm. because like you said, it does it is a, a a year long, or not just a year, but you're having to put work in consistently. Yes. Uh, all the time, year-round, mm -hmm. uh, whether that be food plots, setting up stands, practicing uh, whether you're rifle or bow, practicing your shot, getting comfortable behind a rifle if that's what you're using. Uh -huh. um, so work ethic would be one. Patience is another one. Patience for them to 
you know what every time you're gonna you're not gonna see something every time you walk out into the woods yeah. and also patience for us you know having to mentor these kids and, and mold them into the to the ethical responsible hunters that we're trying we we are yeah you know. that we're trying to make make them into i remember i remember when i first started taking one of those boys it was like the first time i ever had with him the leaves were just starting to fall we were in kind of a, a homemade ground blind kind of hidden stand that we just made yeah no no roof over our top just brushed in blind basically and uh leaves on the ground and the whole time he's over there with the leaves that are on the <laughs> ground i'm like stop moving your feet i'm not gonna see anything oh okay you know i mean yeah. it's it's little stuff that you gotta teach them at first right and, and, and it's it annoying be... stuff it's stuff you don't even think about exactly anymore. that's what i was and, gonna say and that's and that's kind of bringing it back to the basics all of a sudden you're mm -hmm. like holy crap he doesn't know anything <laughs> you know and but it's your job to teach him you yeah know? and yeah it's it work work ethic is a huge part of it too whether it's preparation before or taking care of the meat after or however you want to look at it mm -hmm. getting up early in the morning you yeah. know i don't ever want to get up early in the morning right no i'm used to it now for work but sure like whenever i'm not at work i don't want to so <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to sleep in yeah but uh anyway it's like i remember with again with the same the same kids we were out there in the heat of the summer we there were cows that were typically on the property so mm -hmm. we planted a food plot and we wanted to keep the cows out of the food plot so we put up a fence around the food plot yeah. we're out there in the heat of the summer div digging post holes and concreting in wooden posts and nice. building a fence and it sucked they complained yeah and i was like of course sorry you want to kill a deer off this food plot you're going to help me build the fence Heck for yeah. it you know so that's uh that's, that's another part i and I took, I taught them. I, I made sure that we spent time learning and educating. But at the same time, it was nice to have some helpers with me yeah. working too. Because <laughs> building a fence by myself would have sucked. <laughs> Putting up a box blind by myself would have sucked. Absolutely. So um, take take advantage of the the little helpers that you have as well. Not only teach them, but um, putting them to work can also help your back a little bit. Yeah. So. No kidding. Yeah. And I, that's another thing. Like with us. Growing up hunting with our dads, that's one cool thing about getting out there, just spending some quality time with your pops, you yeah. know, or with whoever your mentor may be, you know. So I'm going to tell this story. I had, th this was when I was a kid, and my dad was out there. We were out there before the season started. We were doing, we spent, went down there just a couple days. We actually camped on this lease at the time. We didn't have a house or anything, so we actually camped out there. And so we go out there and we wanted to put this tree stand up and we really hadn't used, hadn't used tree stands a whole lot up to that point. Gotcha. So we were going out there, we find the tree and it's one of those ladder stands that you, you know, comes in a box. We'd never opened it before. So we're trying to put this thing together out there in the field, which is the first mistake. <laughs> right. We should have put it together at the house and then transport it in bigger pieces yeah. than it comes in in the box. So we're putting this thing together in the field. We get it all assembled and we're putting the last section of the ladder. You know how they slide into each other? Yep. You know, so we're putting the last section of the ladder and it is not wanting to go in. Uh -oh. Like it is just jamming up. So my dad's on one side and I'm on the other. And I'm like 11 years old or something, I guess. <laughs> we're trying to jam this thing in there. And at the last second, I don't remember like if a hand slipped or what happened, but that thing flips around and pops me. That metal ladder <laughs> pops me right in the face. <laughs> I fall down backwards and I'm like, oh my gosh. And my dad's like, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, 
I, I my nose might have been bleeding a little bit. I don't know, but I was like, yeah. I, I'm I'm fine. Let's just put it together. I'm I'm fine. <laughs> so I shook it off. We go back to put it back together. It freaking does it again. <laughs> it flips around, pops me in the head again. I fall over again. And my dad's like, okay, I'm going to go get a hammer. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this, sounds like a, this sounds like a comedy. <laughs> Dude, it was, I, I mean, one time, you know, that's, you know, okay, accidents yeah. happen. But then it happened the second time. And it wasn't either of our fault. It just happened. Yeah. You know, it was just like, golly, I can't catch a break. That's awesome. The first year, too, when I first started hunting, and my dad bought me that rifle that I talked about. Mm-hmm. It was a little youth model 243. And up till that point, all I'd ever shot was like a little 22. I'd never shot, a, this is my first time shooting a rifle right. that was bigger than a 22. And I don't know, I'm like seven or eight, I guess, I don't know. But the first time I shot it, I get popped right in the, you know, right, oh, right yeah. above the nose with a scope. <laughs> Freaking bruise that big. I walked into church the next Sunday and the, <laughs> the guy who was on the lease with us that, that went to the same church, he was like, ah! Oh, shot your rifle for the first time didn't you <laughs> yes sir i sure enough did that's funny that's funny that's something my dad always told me he was like now and it honestly makes you kind of weary yeah but he was like hey this thing's gonna kick because i i can't remember what it was i think it was a six millimeter that that i i hunted with uh-huh. it was a little smaller than his yeah um but he said it's gonna kick so you gotta make sure you hold that sucker firm to your shoulder and then uh, that way you don't don't hit yourself in the face <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and then just just uh you know having that thought of this thing coming back and popping me in the eye i was like oh the second okay. time i shot i was scared to death <laughs> <laughs> exactly You're like man this thing's not very accurate but it's really just you just being cautious and but that's another thing is when they fail make them do it again you know yeah that that builds sure. character it's just, it's the same as that old saying and i had horses growing up so i can I can't, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I can't, uh, this is applicable to me. <laughs> when you get bucked off, you get back on again. <laughs> That's my literally fr- where the co- the phrase was coined yeah, right there. My first horse, I got bucked off a lot. <laughs> no, no, that's no joke, guys. That's it funny. happened more than once. Yeah. But like putting that ladder stand together, I got hit in the head. I got back up and tried to do it again. I still yep. got hit in the head. Yeah. And shoot my rifle. I shot it again after that. You know, right. I got popped in the head, still hit the target, thankfully, but I, Shot it again. My dad told me, shoot yep. it again. You know? Yeah, that's so, really and, important. And and so that that's the thing, you know, when when something happens and it doesn't go right and it it could scare them, make them, you know, make them do it again. It builds character. Yeah, you know. And then that'll teach them, you know. Also, not every hunt you go on is going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Just because it's unsuccessful, that doesn't mean to stop hunting. You yeah. know, that they'll hopefully they'll go back the next year and they'll keep trying and keep trying. You think about how many unsuccessful hunts we have. Whether they're frustrating or not, like I consider an unsuccessful, frustrating hunt to be one where you don't see anything, yeah. two where you shoot and you miss or don't find an animal. Um, those are unsuccessful, frustrating hunts, I feel right. like. If I, if, if I go out there and I see deer and I don't shoot one and I could have, then that's on me. And maybe you beat sure. yourself up because of the deer you should have shot, but that, that's another thing you, you teach them is every time we go out hunting doesn't mean that we're going to kill a deer. Right. Now, if you're at least a little farther away, you only go out a couple times a month, then maybe your goal is, you know, over a three-day weekend, you're going to try to bring home one deer. Well, you're still there for a three-day weekend, which means there's going to be unsuccessful hunts mm-hmm. over that three-day weekend, sure. unless you're in San Angelo, Texas, <laughs> yeah, yeah. on 6,700 no acres. 
It'll be hard to have an unsuccessful hunt out there. If you have an unsuccessful hunt out there, that's on you. Absolutely. I, that, yeah. That's what I can say. So, and I know we, we already did an episode on the rundown on fall session and everything we got going on on our podcast, but, um, there is a story behind this, uh, this target rich environment Nick and I are describing right oh, now. Yeah. It's episode two of our podcast. So go check it out if you're interested. Yeah. So. And that also reminds me, cause you said just a little bit ago that if, if you had a shot at a deer, but you didn't take it, it's on you. Oh boy. You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly. The biggest doe of the trip. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest doe of <laughs> yeah. the trip, but I missed out on it anyways, but it was, guess it was didn't. on me. Guess who didn't miss out on Old it? Old Sammy. He oh, I took, shot her. I took full advantage of that. <laughs> I'll tell the story again. Go for it. Yeah. You're sitting there, and we had just gotten the green light on a coal buck out of that mm-hmm. stand the night before, so we're sitting there that morning, and that big old doe walks out. First thing, she's standing there at 20 yards broadside for oh. like 30 minutes. Yeah, literally. And I keep uh, – Nick's hunting. I'm filming it's, for Yeah, him. it's my turn. Yeah, I'm up. we're taking turns. That's how many deer are out here. <laughs> but I keep telling him, like, you going to shoot her? You going to shoot her? No, I went, I'm waiting on that buck to come out. Well, guess who never came out? Yeah, of course. Yeah, that buck never came out. Nick ended up shooting a turkey out of there, which was pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. But My that first n- turkey ever with a bow. Yeah, exactly. I went back that night, and I was like, I'm killing that freaking doe. <laughs> and I had a different cameraman, cameraman with me that day. Mm-hmm. But I went out there, and sure sure enough, that doe walked Same out. Same thing. Like clockwork. I freaking smoked her. I brought her back to camp. She's the biggest doe, biggest doe anybody killed all week. Out of 31 deer. She was a toad. Yep. She was a toad. That was a good time. Yeah, for me. What did I say to you? Could have been mine. Could have been yours, buddy. <laughs> Could have been yours. I don't that's like a, to talk about that's it. That's a t-shirt idea. I'm going to write that down. That's a good one. <laughs> we should we should listen to these podcasts back and just make several t-shirts out of little phrases. The rundown we would be a good one. We legitimately could, man. We we legitimately could. If you got so if you guys have a phrase that you've heard us say on this podcast, send it to us. Yeah. We love uh, we love t-shirt ideas. Yeah. So we're always playing around. We don't always make every t-shirt that we come up with, but it's fun to play around with them sometimes oh, yeah. and see what kind of concepts we can we can come up with. So we got some new ones coming. We new do. ones in the works. New ones in the works. There's a new hat in the works that is already been ordered. So at the time of this podcast, it may actually be on the website. So it's called our uh, it's called the Sharpshooter hat. So. Be sure you go check that out if it's if it's live yet. If not, keep yeah, your I'm eye out for it. I'm looking forward to that one. I am too, man. Pick me one up. It's a sharp hat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Rabbit Trail. Go check out our merch. Merch it up. Merch made by hunters for hunters. So, pretty cool. Yeah. Well, guys, um, I know this is gonna this is gonna end up being a little shorter episode, but we hope that we gave you guys a little bit of insight into youth hunting um, and hopefully a little bit of inspiration. That was kind of the goal: some inspiration to get a kid out there and get him hunting. Maybe a little bit of advice. I don't know. I can't. I never tell if we're doing more rambling or advice on these things. But you guys keep listening. Either so or. we're doing something right. <laughs> but we're gonna wrap it up because, like I said, we're at Cinnamon Creek. Nick is looking across the room at a brand new bow. It's calling my name, guys. It's calling my name. Name that we need to go get set up. He's over here pacing and he's <laughs> he's begging me. He's over here making the prayer hands, begging me yeah. to go over there and help him set up that bow. I'm going to make him watch Cure Your Obsession and, and set the whole thing up as well. Yeah, I'll do. do it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just watch. I'll tell you if you're doing anything wrong. Yeah, please. <laughs> well, so for this episode, it's me and Nick. It's just us two here. We don't really have any rapid-fire questions um, for this episode because our rapid-fire questions have been asked to both of us in previous episodes. So I don't even, I think it was like episode 17 is when you answered yours and episode yep. tw- 
I don't know where it'll fall, but the rundown is where I, I answered mine. So if you want to know our, our favorite hunting memories, our bucket list hunts, some advice that we give in different situations, then go listen to those episodes. We, we give, you, uh, give you our perspective and our answers in those. So we're not going to do any rapid-fire questions for, for this episode, unfortunately. I know I like the rapid-fire questions, but it'd be kind of repetitive at this point. So we're going to wrap it up. I appreciate you guys listening to another episode of our Fall Obsession podcast. If you have not already, go follow us. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We are also on Twitter. And then fallobsession.com is our website. That's the hub. All of our content is on there. So you guys can find whatever whatever you're looking for. We have a wide variety of reviews, articles, recipes, videos, podcasts, obviously. We put out a new podcast every week. And on that note, if you're listening to our podcast on your favorite podcast app, hit that follow and subscribe button. That way you get notified every time we put out a new episode. Because while Nick and I may get on here and ramble from time to time, <laughs> we, uh, we do have some, some really cool information, some really informative Absolutely. episodes. Um, the rundown on this one, you may not consider one of them. We'll see how they rank in the download ratings. Every but, now and then we have some good info that we'll throw in there. Yeah, every once in a while we can surprise you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, That's and, accurate. And last but not least, um, if you guys, I, I don't know if you mentioned it in this episode or the last one, Nick, but um, if you guys have a suggestion for a topic or a question you want to ask us in a podcast, Go to fallsession.com slash podcast. There is a spot on the bottom of that page where you can uh, send us your suggestions or your thoughts, and we will get back to you um, either via email or hopefully address it in a future podcast episode. And, uh, and if you want to suggest a topic, like I said, you can do it on there as well. So we thank you guys for listening and uh, continuing to endure our rambling. <laughs> you got anything else for him, Nick? No, that's all I got, buddy. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you all listening. And we will see you again next week for another episode of our Fall Obsession podcast. See you later. In Wild Country rules were not created by man don't miss wild country wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m eastern presented by primos speak the language waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment